Sometimes you want to shut out life with a solid wall. But you realize a lot more life can come through a healthy boundary. This is the Wayward Podcast. Brianna Buckmaster. Hi, welcome home, Thank Kim Rose. You. Welcome back to my closet. When Brianna did you you got back from England just last night? Yes. Yeah, I was texting you madly, going, "I'm a, what? Are we doing this tomorrow?" And you're like, "I just landed. I can't believe I would have been like, I don't even know how you're sitting here right now." I don't know. <laughs> she, she just laughs hysterically. She starts ripping her clothes off and smashing things. Oh my god, I had the worst hot flash on the plane. Oh no. Oh, what happens? What's a hot flash like? Tell me about that. It just, it's exactly what it feels like. At first you go, did somebody turn up the heat in here? At least this is how it is for me. Different women experience it differently. But like, at first I go, did someone turn up the heat in here? It's really uncomfortable. They should, okay, I'm going to take the blanket up. Okay, now it's getting, okay, now I'm inside an oven and I think I might vomit. Okay, I can't breathe and I need to, there's no, and you just start sweating. But it's just, and, and it's like, for me, it's, it's not even a whole body. Like, the whole body's uncomfortable, but, like, the back of my neck starts dripping and underneath my tits. Oh, and just, no. like, any place you have, like, gla- it just, ugh. And how long does it last? Like, it's a flash. Like, it lasts enough time for me to take all my clothes off. And then all of a sudden it goes away. <laughs> and and I cold. go, I'm standing in the middle of the aisle naked. Oh, and everyone's God. staring at me. And the thing was, it was hilarious because there were, like, two women of my age that looked at me and, like, kind of nodded, like, oh, oh girl, I feel like. And everybody else was like, ah, It's like the opposite lady? of, like, when you see a new mom with a crying baby and all the other moms are like, oh, we got you, girl. It's the it's same thing. Exactly. The other women are like, mm, I feel ya. I feel ya. And it was, I mean, like, I prefer that to the panic attacks. I also have hormone, I also have pre- whatever this menopausal panic attacks which are which is just starts with like heart fluctuations and turns into an emotion uh, it's it's not emotional like a panic attack a clinical panic attack is insanity like Mm. i i start i start feeling like in a dream when you can't move and you think you're about to die Mm -hmm. that's all of a sudden i'm like i must be dreaming i can't be awake i can't be experiencing Mm. this because now i can't breathe i can't make my brain i i it's it's like being insane and that's part of menopause it is for me it's only like 15 or 20 percent of women that get this wild yeah Hormones are fun. So ridiculous. Like, when you hear about what hor- how hormones can fuck you up, Ugh. they can really fuck you up. I know. Uh, well, I'm sorry to hear about that. Is that new? Yeah. I just noticed a tattoo yes. on Brianna's thumb. She got a she got a thumb tattoo. I got a thumb. It's just a little thumb tattoo. It needs to be redone again because hand tattoos are hard. I got one here and it was rejected. Oh. Isn't that funny? Um, like, the skin just... I relate it. to you, little tattoo. I, know. I, I show up where Rejected I think I'm supposed to be, and it's like two little X's. Um, so I'm going back, and this guy's going to do it a few more times because that's just hand tattoos are like that. Well, aha, uh-huh. there you go. You know me. I get a, every time I I feel a shift in my life, I get a tattoo or a piercing. More stuff. Yeah. So I have to get teeny tiny ones now because I'm crazy. Um. So Kim and I. Went on, uh, I take that back. I went on the Twitterverse this morning because I went, shit, I got to be at Kim's house in an hour. What the fuck are we going to talk about? Um, I don't know if you did this in England, but in uh, I, 
in uh, Dallas, which I just came from, we talked a lot about the podcast. We're so grateful that you guys love listening to this. And while I am happy that you want to hear us talk for longer periods of time, no. <laughs> guys, I can't edit anything longer than half an hour. That's you should I come on. Ouch, I need snacks. We need air to breathe. Uh so until we are rich and famous and living in a house in the hills with our own studio there, you'll have to deal with half an hour closet pieces from us. So what we thought, one of the ideas that came up a few times today from um, Twitter was the issue or the topic, rather, of boundaries. And I had I had, uh, told Kim, I don't know exactly what will come of this conversation, but I feel like we should talk about it because it's come up in my world conversations, things I've been listening to over the last um, few weeks. It's been coming up a lot, and it might be because it's... Uh, eclipse season if you follow astrology at all which means there's going to be a double eclipse in July is that like a double rainbow I, I think it's even better yeah uh, which it just encourages you it's also um mercury retrograde coming up soon which mm. if you follow that shit again is a time to really hunker down and not do anything crazy because <laughs> shit goes awry but uh so a lot of stuff about boundaries has been coming up what does boundaries mean to you? Because sometimes I feel like boundaries, some people think of it as a, a slightly negative connotation of um, guarded or defensive. Yeah, it's. I think the old me interpreted boundaries as a wall. Like, yeah, you I would can't come through Oh, she's here. boundaried. Yeah. That sounds like a, that sounds like a negative thing. Yes. And now more and more, it's just figuring out what's my side of the street. Like the boundary is it doesn't have to be in it, it can be porous mm-hmm. and it can be flexible. Mm-hmm. Like that's the other thing mm-hmm. is that it's not a a um it's not a big stone wall. It's just, oh, stuff on this side is my job to take care of. And stuff on that side isn't my job to take care of. It might still affect me. Mm-hmm. But I don't have to go into how am I going to control, manage, and manipulate the stuff. And instead, I can more and more go, no, I'm just going to give that back to you. Uh-huh. I'm just going to, you get to be over there. Uh-huh. Like, I hear I hear a lot of, oh, so-and-so won't respect my boundaries. Yes. I'm like, it's not a thing for me to say, you stay over there and I'm going to stay over here. It's just, how do I get to keep my shit in my yard for me to clean up? And when I do that... Everything else kind of falls into place. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I had mentioned to Kim before we started recording. I heard something yesterday. This is um, Russell Brand's podcast. He was interviewing Brene Brown. It's a beautiful hour and a half. They talk for a long time. Yeah, because but they they're have rich people. and famous. Yeah, they have people. Um, and so uh, they, it's an incredible episode. I encourage you to listen to it. But Brene says something, and I might be misquoting her, but it's something in, to the aspe- aspect of. Um, the most compassionate people in the world have the strongest boundaries, which seems like it's opposite you know? But it's the idea that you are less afraid to give more of yourself if you are very aware of what is too much um, to give away. Yes, and I also think, like, one of the things you and I have, have learned with each other mm-hmm. is... 
when I take on your job, if I go over to your side of the street and I'm like, you look crumpled in a tiny little piece of tissue paper, let me unfold you and take care of you. Mm-hmm. I'm actually judging you. I'm judging your journey. And that's for I'm you, judging that's your strength. Move, right? Absolutely. And it's also like you won't love me unless you're comfortable. Yes. So I have to make you comfortable so that you can love me. Or one, I'm not saying this is you, but one person might feel like your discomfort. I you know what I might be like this is your discomfort makes me uncomfortable. So I'm gonna do everything in my power to make you comfortable so that everybody's comfortable. Yes. And that's a fucking exhausting. That's a lot of work. And B, it's a band-aid solution. Yeah. You're not gonna make that person comfortable for very long. Well, and you aren't allowing them the dignity of their experience. You yeah. aren't saying, I trust your heart, your ability, your journey, your strength to have the experience that is exactly the experience you need to have. Mm. So I'm going to stand here, witness you, love you, but I need to stay on my side of the street Mm -hmm. so that you can learn what you need to learn from Mm -hmm. this experience. That's a boundary for me. I have a lot of people that are like, you're just going to let X, Y, and Z happen. And I'm like, first of all, I don't let anything happen. It just, it happens. Mm -hmm. This is, I can't stop it. It's Mm -hmm. not happening to me. It's just happening. Um, And secondly, yeah, because if I stop it from happening, it will happen again. Because clearly this person needs this lesson to learn whatever they need to learn to stop it from happening. Yeah, man. Um, I feel like like setting hard, fast boundaries have... I, I've learned how to do that in the last, like, six months, and I feel like it has really saved me, changed me, and made all of my relationships better. Made them so that, it's, like I said, I feel like I am less concerned with other people's comfort, recognizing, as you say, that they need to ex- have their own experience with whatever they're dealing with. And I can't change that as much as I wish I could. I wish I had the magic wand that could make all that change. I can't. So when that expectation might and has inevitably come to me to do so, I've now learned to go, I'm here for you, but you've got to do it on your own. So what's <clears throat> an example of a situation where you feel you... Like a specific situation where you feel like you had to learn to set boundaries, where naturally you were not equipped. What do you mean equipped? Like naturally, um, this was an area where you went, oh, the problem here is that I'm not setting boundaries. And what did that look like? Okay, so here's a, an example. I have a friend um, who, uh, I'm trying to think of like non-super specific Things. Yeah, we don't want any people calling up and being like, bitch. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> okay, here's here's an example. I have a friend uh, at home, and they have the need to have social experiences, meaning they just need friends around, you know, and um, they're finding that perhaps they're not having friends around. Um, everybody's got kids now, so schedules are wonky because the kids are all different ages. People need naps. People need, you know, whatever. School, food, who knows. But so everybody's got different schedules, different social needs. Um, and this friend over the past couple years has had these kinds, it has felt 
very um, demanding of my time because when I have said no, I get a slight accusation of why I'm saying no or... Oh, like like that. that's a classic thing. Or like... like um, I say no and now must follow up with a reason yeah. that you deem is valid. Like, and you come up with things to make them feel more comfortable with your no. And my no is never like, no, I hate you. You're the worst person in the world. So we all need to like remember that because it's no's can coming at you can sometimes be uncomfortable. So let's all take a moment to go, why am I uncomfortable with somebody else's no? That's just a sidebar. Um, but she will pull out the kind of, I, where are you? I need you right now. Something, something, something. And I, I will meet halfway. I will go, I know this is where you're at. This is when I have time for you. I would love to meet with you. Which inevitably gets brought with some sort of you know, I can't then. I'm like, okay, that's okay. I'm okay with that. I understand that. I'm here for you. If I can't be there physically, I'm here for you emotionally. I'm always available for through text message. But that kind of wasn't enough. So I went, I can't give you what you need. And I didn't, ha- didn't have this big, long conversation with her because I actually don't, I don't know that we're close enough for that. I just said, this is what I have to offer you, but I love you and I'm always here for you. Um, and I think that over time that has become understood. That's an interesting thing is realizing, um, cause yesterday I was just sitting with somebody who didn't have the same, uh, like was supposed to be in a different part of the airport. And we ended up just sitting on the floor talking and I had access to a fancy schmancy lounge, and this person did not. Mm. And uh, at one point, this person said, I, I feel bad that I'm taking your time when you could be sitting over here. And I was like, listen, you, you, we just met, but you need to trust that I'm going to take care of myself. And one of the gifts of boundaries is I now relieve you of the pressure of having to be psychically taking care of me because guess what? I'm going to take care of me. And if I do need something for you from you, I'm going to tell you what it is. Yeah. But I mean, that is that is not innately easy for humans to go. If I need something, I will ask you. Not everybody does that. So it's it's not uncommon for somebody to go. I just want you to know if you don't want to be in this conversation, you can get out of it now. Most people aren't going to go, oh, thank God. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, but there's the thing. That's knowing where my side of the street starts. I can't, as as psychic as I think I am, as mm-hmm. empathetic as I think I am, as highly tuned as my instincts are, and I'm usually right. Mm-hmm. And that's the fucked up thing, is that I'm usually right mm-hmm. if you want out of the conversation. Yeah. I can't do it for you. So setting a boundary is as much for me as it is a gift to the other person mm-hmm. where I'm like, I can't, Agreed. I can't make this happen. Boundaries is like you think about little kids, like little kids thrive on boundaries and rules. They really do. Like they crave them. So if we think about that as adults going, if I know where your boundaries are and you know where mine are, we're free. We're safe. In a way. Yes. Right? Um so let's talk about boundaries um, within the fandom. 
because I think that's mm. what um, people would be interested in. So for me, when I first entered the fandom, I got ripped a new one fairly because I um, entered into a conversation on social media that I knew nothing about. I got schooled and then I learned. I became wiser. I don't begrudge that. I like to learn things. I don't mind learning through failure. You know me. Yep. I'm like, okay, for me, that's the fastest way to learn. So, I, but I think since learning that, I went, okay, there's lots I need to know here. So I'm going to stand back. I'm going to listen a lot. And I'm not going to let people too far in. Now, that being said, that might surprise people because I know that I'm an oversharer. I don't mind sharing things about my life, but I am very cautious as to what other people's emotional experience I let into my soul and spirit. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. I um I I I try to be there and I try to help people. I try to um, genuinely look them in the eyes and let them know that I, I think about them and I'm here for them and I'm grateful for them and I'm happy for them or I'm sad for them. But beyond that, I cannot function with the amount of people I meet and their stories that I hear at a convention on a weekend and take all of that in mm -hmm. and let it affect me the way it affects them, I would not survive. So for me, I created a boundary where I go, I am here for you as in the present moment where we are exchanging conversation and energy. Um, and I'll continue to think about your experience, but I will not let the pain you're experiencing be my pain. Well, but that's, again, what the boundary of what's yours and what's mine. I mean, their pain is not mine. Yeah. I can witness it a hundred percent. Yeah. But the second I start saying, oh, I only see you because of your pain, I'm making their pain my job. Mm -hmm. I'm also devaluing everything else they have to offer. I'm also setting up an environment where nobody wants to heal. Nobody yeah. wants to get any better. And that's draining on me. That's Truly. draining on them. That's draining on the world. Yeah. Is that... It becomes their identity. Yeah. And yeah. I don't want to assist anybody in a painful identity. Truly. So for me, I, I let their journey hit me 100% because I'm very porous. Mm -hmm. So for me, in terms of... Instead of limiting the depth, because I haven't learned to do that. I have not learned to be like, wow, this is a significant experience and I'm going to stop it from at like halfway down. Mm -hmm. It goes in a hundred percent, but I have to limit the time. And that hurts other people's feelings because then it's like, but wait, we were just and I'm like, I have to stop now. I have to shut it down now because it's a hundred percent in vibrating present. And if I give any more, I will forget what is mine and what isn't mine. Mm -hmm. And I will start to take your job of experiencing your situation. Like that's, I think, the difference between witnessing, validating, empathizing, or pitying and judging. Or sometimes I feel like people love to hear about other people's pain and, and, you know, be a part of that pain because it somehow validates them. Yeah. I don't quite know how, 
But sometimes I know people in my life who love to hear and talk about other people's pain. And I always think, what what are they getting from that? And it must be this sense of like false power in being able to help people through it. I don't know. Huh. Well, that's interesting because I definitely that would make sense because that's then somebody encroaching on my side. Because so far, I've I think I've been talking about me having the tendency to cross a boundary over onto somebody else's side. Mm-hmm. But when somebody comes in on my side of like, here, I'm going to tell you how to fix this problem. And I get very like, stop. I was just telling you about an experience I'm having. I yeah. didn't I didn't ask you to. So- I mean, like, that's a classic thing, isn't it? Like one partner is just expressing themselves and the other partner is like, how do I solve this problem? And if I can't solve the problem, because this is a big thing. If I can't solve your pain, stop having it. That's a situation where there's no boundaries. If like, if it's my job to fix your pain and I can't fix your pain, then I suddenly become invested in you not hurting anymore. Mm -hmm. Shut the fuck up. And that's a big thing that I see, not in the just in the whole world right now mm-hmm. is like I can't function. Your pain makes me so uncomfortable and I can't fix it. Shut up. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, wow, you're in a lot of pain right now. And you might even think it's my job to fix your pain. It's not. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna maybe step back. Oh thank God. Yeah. Right? I feel like that again is a new realization of just going, I've done everything I can do. Yeah. You're on your own. And you're not on your own, but it is now your job. Well, the old, the phrase, um, you know, detachment, like yeah. detaching with love, as opposed to the only detachment I ever knew was, that's it! Right, right. And detaching with an axe. Yeah. Someone's head. Someone's head. Axe and head. Um, so I'm learning this. I'm learning the skill of detaching and still being able to love someone mm-hmm. and still being present for them. And that only comes with healthy boundaries, with knowing I'm detaching, which for me, it's the same thing as enforcing, as respecting the boundary. Mm-hmm. Just being like, yeah, no, actually, this thing you just told me was my job. It's not, it's not my job. Mm-mm. And we've said this before, when it comes to other people's pain, sometimes people try to make their pain your job, your fault, your responsibility. Oh, yes. And it's not. And the way that you can survive that is healthy boundaries. So what are, to wind this up, the steps to creating a healthy boundary? Again, I want to preface this with we are not scientists. We are not trained in anything but possibly, you know, Stella Adler or Stanislavski. I've had some feels. I've had some feels. I'm Um, trained in my feels. Okay, so what, when you realize that you need to create a new boundary, what does that look like? Oh my God, that depends on the person that I'm with. Like, if if it's something with my husband, let's just go with my husband. husband, Because my husband and I passed the point in our relationship where we were worried a conflict would mean the end of the relationship. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. there's there's definitely a spot in, I think, every relationship where there's still a, yeah, God, does this mean that we aren't supposed to be together? We no longer have that fear. So we know we're on the same team, that every conflict will be solved in a way that makes both of us okay. Right. 
So when I find a boundary that's been broken within my relationship with my husband, quite frankly, it's usually me pushing too far on his side of the street. So the first thing I do is actually address it. And I bring this up because there are other people in this world that I will not address that I have an unhealthy boundary. I just will start acting differently. I've done that, yeah. So the first thing is, am I going to discuss this with this person? Secondly, what I try to do is acknowledge the past that brought me up to here. We had a situation recently where he was like, how can I help you? I was like, honey, you look nervous when you ask that. And you are right. (laughs) And you should. Because in the past, if you ask me what you can do to help, or I would have a PowerPoint presentation and a pie chart and an alphabetized and cross-referenced list as to how you can love me better. Nine to five schedule. Yes. Yes. And here's, yes, exactly. Let me give you your assignment. Yeah. When in this, so I first acknowledged the past and said, this is the boundary we set once, which was making this your job. Mm. I now know that it's not. And he just kind of was, and I was like, and I get that you don't trust that because everything leading up to this point has been this boundary. I need to acknowledge that I need to pull it back to my side. Mm-hmm. And the next thing I do is I say, and I don't know what that, that's going to look like. Because what my brain wants to do is spin it into management and control and being right. And so one of the most loving things I do for myself and for people that are my people, mm-hmm. that I know this relationship is not, and I've done this with you too, is like, I don't know mm-hmm. what this is going to look like. I don't know. And you're probably going to have some feelings about it that don't feel good. But here's what I want to try doing differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just keep them posted. And then with my husband, I say, do you have any questions? How does that make you feel? You know, because mm-hmm. I assume it makes them feel great, but it might make them feel nervous. It might make them feel uncomfortable. Right. It's like, give me some feedback. How does that make you feel? That's a really intense intensive set of conversations to have mm-hmm. with someone, which is also why I only have it with people that I know are my people. And that's what I was going to say. That I'm never going to lose because that's, the, that's yeah. the deepest I go with it. There are other people that I'm like, oh, I always say yes to you when I mean no. I'm just going to start saying no thanks and yeah. moving on. I give, I always give people kind of one shot. So if I'm having a challenging relationship with somebody, who I'm not super tight with, meaning not a family member, not a best friend, not a spouse, um, I will go, okay, I'll give them a conversation. And I always have a very frank conversation with somebody going, this was my experience. What is your side of that? What do you need? What can I do to help you? Here's what you could do to help me. And if things don't change beyond that, then I do as you do, which is, okay, cool. That's cool. Then take care of myself. And as you know, we've said before, uh, boundaries. What is that saying? Is uh, the only people who don't benefit from your boundaries are the people who liked you when you had none. Is the kind of thing. Yeah. So suddenly, and even they they benefit. They just don't know it. They don't know conscious. It's uncomfortable, right? Because suddenly you're a little less available somehow, and it might look a different way, or people might get offended by your boundaries. But that's, again, that's on them. So once you go, okay, for me, I do have, I try to have a small conversation with everybody, even if they're not tight with me, to go, 
this is what I love. This is what I don't love. Can you tell me what you love or need? And if things don't change from there, then I go, okay, then this is unhealthy for me. Yeah. And then I create a ba- boundary um, and then let the less, the rest of it be on their side. Well, and sometimes, so my biggest challenge mm-hmm. is being brutally honest with myself. Right. Because sometimes what I think I need, like it's interesting, what I need and what feels good are not necessarily the same thing. Totally. So I think I'll be drawing a boundary because something would actually feel much better if you would just da-da-da and not put me in the situation of da-da-da and then again, and then I can feel right and that feels good and yeah. awesome. So I think that's drawing a boundary. Yeah. So it is such a lesson and it's something that I'm practicing hard more and more and more and more mm-hmm. and more is being rigorously honest with myself and going, why do you think you need that? Mm-hmm. Well, because... Actually, I don't want to like like this. Like I'm very facile with words. So um, when Travis and I get in an argument, and he'll say he'll get defensive about something I said. Yeah. I'll say, "What did you hear me say?" Now that's that's wonderful and good. Did it? And he'll say, "Well, you said that I was doing it wrong." Old me will go, "No, that's not what I said." Mm-hmm. Oh, but it's what I implied. But and because I know heard. it's and it's what he heard. Mm-hmm. But but because I know that I want to be right mm. and telling him he was doing right. it wrong is wrong. I will have used words that don't exactly mm-hmm. say that so I can deny it. But now I'm at a place in my life where I can say, you're right. That's what I intended. Yeah, that's absolutely what I implied. That's the other thing is you are if you're going to set out and have a conversation with anybody, you better be willing to hear stuff you don't want to hear. And I usually am. I'm. I pride myself on taking a note. You are really, yes. really good at that. And a lot of what I think sometimes, it's like, well, but and you're just like, just tell me. People don't. You can't communication. People. You can't sit there and have a resentment against me it's for something I'm doing anywhere. if you don't just walk up to me and go, "Hey, that actually is yeah. a ouchy spot. Stop poking me there." That's a boundary, and that's a boundary for them. And when we, like we said before, if we share our boundaries with each other, then we're safe. We're free, right? Now, a boundary doesn't mean you're responsible for it. Like, you can never talk about dogs because I had to put my dog to sleep two months ago. That's not not a boundary. That's making someone—that's a lack of boundary, Mm -hmm. actually. Mm -hmm. That's now you need to come into my side and clean up my side of the street Mm -hmm. because I don't know how to do it. Sure. So it's your job. Yeah. Um, but saying, actually, I wish I could think of one that you and I have had, because I know we've had times where I was like, ah, I'm scared to tell Brianna this because I think she won't love me anymore if I tell her. And I tell you and you're like, oh, cool, dude. Yeah. OK. So how about if we did it? Oh, that, oh, that really feels loving and wonderful. Thank you for being my friend. Um, I'm trying to think. Did we have... I don't know. We've had a lot of them. And again, they don't feel like a big deal because they're, it always just involves like a conversation. Yeah. There was that one time a couple years ago when we were negotiating. <gasps> yes. Yeah. I think this may be the, when I was like, please don't speak for me. Yeah. And and it, oh, my God, that was that was so hard for me. That was so hard. And it came from that's the other thing is like. I'm not responsible for the past that brought me here. Mm-hmm. Like my brain was like, it's not Brianna's fault that I felt disempowered growing up and that I had other people inform yeah. me what my truth was. And I should be okay with this. Mm-hmm. And just being like, I'm just not. I wish I were, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. 
And then the next thing I do is then knowing that I should be okay. This is air quotes, people. You feel Hope you hear my whoosh, feel the whooshing whoosh. of the air quotes. I should be okay with this means then I don't say anything, but it builds up. Sure. And it builds up and builds up and builds up until I'm like, ah, stop doing nothing. Mm-hmm. And you were like, whoa, 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 whoa. Had no thought I was. My intention was to. Right. Okay, cool. Won't do the thing. Yeah. I was like, oh. But what I learned out of that incident is, hey, Kim, next time, just tell Brianna there's a thing. Yeah. And then we work out the thing. Talk about boundaries before they become resentments. Yes. And also, like, when I do that, I mean, not necessarily with you, but when I feel resentment start to build up, I also go, my new thing now is to go, okay, what can you do about this within yourself? Like, at some point, you can go, listen, I'm uncomfortable when you do this thing. You can have that conversation with your loved ones. But what I'm finding right now, which is bringing me a lot of peace, is to go, why is this upsetting me? Yeah. What can I, what am I responsible for here? What can I do? Well, that's that honesty thing Mm -hmm. again. Like, Mm -hmm. if I'm not willing to be honest with myself about what my part is, because then, because then otherwise you set down a boundary, but you make it entirely of the other person's job to, to, to honor it. Yeah. And, and it's empowering. It really is to go, I don't have to feel sad and anxious and angry and upset about this thing because I have control over it within myself. Yes. Because it's a feeling I'm feeling, right? That's really what a boundary is, is for me. Because, again, I've heard people, you know, say, oh, well, I set a boundary with her, but she wouldn't respect it. Mm -hmm. I asked her I asked her not to just come over. Okay. well, you're not in charge of another person's life Mm -hmm. you can still have a boundary even if the other person isn't going to respect what you've asked them to do Mm -hmm. you can still just go why is this affecting me this way i can still emotionally create safety for myself yeah yeah and i think that's exactly it boundaries are essentially creating safe zones for yourself yeah so do that, everyone. Yes. Yeah, so God go be damn safe. it. Yeah. Be safe. Be safe. Boundaries are like the condoms for your soul. Oh, good. <laughs> I was a little worried that we weren't having anything for Scout. We might now have. We might now have a. Just. You just see Brianna's soul like go inside of latex, extra thick. Anyway. Yay. Uh, I love you, Kim Rhodes. I love you, Brianna Buckmaster. Thank you for coming back into my closet. Pleasure. I have to pee now. Okay. Okay.